welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Oh my god, so I spent a day out on the beach with my family, like my cousins and our friends and all that, and I got the worst sunburn of my life, guys. I am, um, like my forehead is peeling, my nose is peeling, everything is, is burning and tingling, and so, this has never happened to me before, by the way. I actually thought that I was, it was physically impossible for me to get sunburn. Um, apparently not. So here we are. And my weekly weakness is actually aloe vera. Like, I'm lucky enough to have some huge aloe vera trees, plants. It's not really trees because it's on the ground. So plants, right? The shrubs or whatever the fuck um, growing in my backyard. And so... I have actually been like applying, like cutting real aloe vera things, like the leaves, I guess. The shit with the shit inside of it, you know what I'm talking about. And I think it's actually working really well and still peeling though. So yeah, first time ever having to do something like this, so hopefully it works out for me. But anyway, before we get into the conversation, I want to remind you that you can purchase my eight-week workout program, Vibing Strong, my goodie bag at-home workout equipment set. It comes with two core sliders and a really, really fucking heavy booty band to build your glutes. And you can also book a one-hour coaching call with me where we can talk about anything you want for an hour. You can do all that on my website, vibinginvalentino.com. Okay, let's get right into our conversation this week. Our guest this week, she knows all about what it means to be plant-based. She runs a blog, Hot and Healthy. She has a podcast called Plant-Based Not Perfect, and she wrote an ebook of the same name filled with recipes and meal ideas for a plant-based diet. Elizabeth Coe, welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Thank you so much. What a wonderful intro. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about yourself, where you're from, all the basics. Okay, perfect. So originally I'm from Northern Virginia, so outside of DC, but I primarily grew up in Florida and I still live in South Florida now. So pretty much a Florida girl. Um, I went to University of Florida and I studied English and then I went to get my master's degree and it's in a very obscure major uh, called te technical writing. Wow. Um, yeah, and technical writing has a lot to do with researching and citations and I really liked that part of it, mm -hmm. but everyone in my program went to work for aerospace companies like rewriting manuals and I was like I do not see myself no <laughs> <laughs> that did not appeal to me so I was kind of like what am I gonna do and I actually really wanted to be an editor for like a men's magazine like mm -hmm. Like Playboy or Maxim, that was actually Ooh. my kind of dream job. Wait, um, hold on. can I ask why mm -hmm. men specifically? Like, why not like Vogue or like Bazaar? I don't know. Like, I just always loved. You know, it's kind of like a joke, but Playboy really does have amazing <laughs> articles in it. Do they really? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you'd be surprised. Oh so my god, there was just something about it that appealed to me that I thought would be really interesting mm -hmm. um so yeah that was the job that I always wanted but 
when I was graduating with my master's was when the economy was really going south and mm -hmm. publishing was pretty much like crumbling. Yeah. So there just weren't a lot of jobs to be had at the time. So um, I started working in marketing. Uh, that's the first job I got. And I've actually worked in marketing and advertising ever since. So, you know, yeah, that's my story. So how did the whole blog happen then? Was that like a side hustle for you? So I've pretty much always had a side passion. Mm -hmm. So actually, when I was in my master's program, I had a side job uh, running this guy's online website in New York City. And it was actually like a maxim. So I kind of I was helping him do the content. I was managing the writers. So that was just like a side hustle That's I did. So, cool. and, mm -hmm. so I did that for like two years during my master's program. And after that, um, I actually started a blog. This So this is like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, before blogs were even like popular, yeah. I started one that was like all about finding the look for less of outfits that you would see on like the bachelor bachelorette. Mm. Um, yeah. And nobody was doing that at, at that time. Right. So that was actually the first blog that I started. And I, so just cause you know, my background's in English, I've always loved some form of writing and, you know, content creation. So I actually did that blog for, probably five or so years mm -hmm. um and then i'd say about seven years ago my girlfriend and i started um hot and healthy just as like a side thing yeah. we both were interested in health i wasn't plant-based at the time um and now it's just kind of grown into what it is today yeah which is amazing which is also a podcast an ebook all the things mm -hmm. all the things <laughs> How did your journey start? Like, what made you want to become plant-based? Mm -hmm. So to kind of preface my story, mm -hmm. um, growing up, my mom was always sick. So she always had like sinus infections mm -hmm. and asthma mm -hmm. and flus and you name it. So I've always been really adverse to like taking medications. I don't even like take aspirin or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then about seven years ago, which is when I started Hot and Healthy, um, I was reading a book on vacation and it was by um, L. McPherson's personal trainer. And it was called The Clean and Lean Diet. And okay. it is not a vegan, it's not a vegan book, but that was the first book that really like got the wheels turning and started mm -hmm. kind of changing my way about thinking and about food um and this was about the time when like instagram was kind of just starting to get popular yeah. with health and wellness accounts yeah. so i um i discovered lonnie jane mm -hmm. um i don't know if you're familiar with her but she is australian and she was like raw vegan yeah when i came across her and uh I just went down the rabbit hole like her account really inspired me so much like I completely changed my whole lifestyle overnight <laughs> wow really which I don't recommend doing you went from a meat eater to a raw vegan <laughs> yes exactly like I went from eating a standard American diet like everyone who knows me I literally loved burgers yeah I drank beer all the time um 
And then I literally switched to being like raw vegan. And I watched like all the documentaries, mm-hmm. you know, I jumped a hundred percent in, but it just didn't end up being sustainable for yeah. me because I, you know, I just went from such a shift so mm-hmm. quickly. Um, so for me, I kind of just backtracked and like started eating the way that I did before. And um, I think probably six months or so, maybe a year passed. Like I was just, I was eating cleaner, but I wasn't anything near plant-based. Um, and about a year later, my mom actually went to the hospital for congestive heart failure. And, oh mm-hmm, and it was like her ejection fraction of, you know, how much her heart was actually like functioning was the lowest of the low levels of what like a functioning heart should Mm -hmm. be. So it was really scary. And it got to a point where like she could have needed a heart transplant. And um, I just instinctively jumped into research mode. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to find all the things to heal you. And I just kind of fell right back into the whole plant-based world because Mm -hmm. the more research that I did looking into congestive heart failure, it was so lifestyle um, driven. And what we came to find out later was that her congestive heart failure actually was a result of a infection in her mouth from dental work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so, astonishing. I would never in a million mm-hmm. years guess a link between the two. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And nobody tells you about it. Like, they don't, you know, when you go to the hospital, they're they're just trying to keep you alive. I right. mean, they don't maybe necessarily get down to, like, did you have dental work recently? Yeah. But it is commonly known um, to doctors that uh, an infection in your mouth from, like, a root canal can actually go to your heart and it can go to your brain even. And I never knew that. (laughs) So it can either Um, cause a heart attack or like a stroke. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Wow. Oh my God. I need to tell my parents ASAP. Like be careful. Yeah. Yes. Dental health is so important. Like not getting unnecessary root canals, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's like a whole nother topic, (laughs) but I, um, I just, you know, I found out so much information and it just, you know, a lot of it too is like, if my mom had been healthy, had been, her immune system had been up, it might not have gotten that bad. Right. Right. So that's really what kind of got me down the the path again about just really focusing on eating plant-based to make sure you're as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. So you don't have diseases like this happening to you when you're, when you're older. So that really ignited my passion to become just fully plant-based again but this time I just was like okay I'm not going to be as strict yeah. as the first time yeah because raw vegan is kind of like the most extreme levels of like veganism mm-hmm. too yeah mm-hmm. which leads me to this because I was a little confused and I know some of the listeners might be too but what is the difference between plant-based and vegan is there a difference okay. yes okay <laughs> so I yeah I like to say that plant-based is for your health and veganism is for the animals. Ah, so got it. that's to me really the, the differentiator and being vegan is really about stopping like 
all forms of animal cruelty. So it's really a focus on animal welfare and a lot of other issues that are going on in the world. Um, Whereas being plant-based is more about just like eating primarily plants, but it's more about your overall health and well-being. Got it. So it's like with veganism, that goes into not wearing leather, not carrying the leather Mm -hmm. bags, all of that. Okay, 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 Mm -hmm. I get it now. Plant-based is more so like... (laughs) just diet wise right yeah like plant-based is like you eat try to make up the majority of your diet with whole plant-based foods but it's not as i think it's not as dogmatic and Mm -hmm. strict and that's why it works really well for me because i find that saying you're vegan um can really set yourself up for failure yeah yeah what notable changes have you witnessed physically and mentally since changing to this way of eating? And how long until you started seeing these changes happen? Well, I have a lot, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I would say a lot of them are aesthetic, um, which I think we're all interested we're in. We're all so. into it. All into <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. You know, vanity is, you know, something. <laughs> um <laughs> But I I would say a lot of the big ones are just staying like naturally lean. Yeah. I don't have to worry a lot about my my weight fluctuating. Um, having clear skin, I have like I'd say your eyes like the whites of my eyes just get really white. Really? I don't have yeah. I haven't oh looked God, into so it, cool. but I can tell a difference. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, Mm-hmm. And then I'd say like your energy, definitely your digestion um, is a huge one uh, for people and just being like very regular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like your nails and your hair grow really quickly. Like that's a big thing that I notice, I um, that. especially when I'm, yeah, especially when I'm eating a lot of in my smoothie that I have every day, I have a lean green smoothie I make mm-hmm. and I do a lot of spinach in it. And whenever I have that, I always notice my nails and my hair grow, like, super fast. It's all the vitamins that you're bringing into your body. Mm-hmm. I, and all the when, enzymes. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It's because, like, when mm-hmm. there's a lot of vitamins left over, like, when it's enough to go to all the necessary organs, they start shuttling it to, like, your nails and your skin and your hair, all the vanity um, organs, as I would like to call it, you know, and then everything just gets healthier. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And like you just, you know, and a lot of people like to say that because you're eating primarily plants, your digestion is better. So your body's Mm -hmm. spending like less time digesting the food. And to your point, more time focusing on working on other things on your body, like like collagen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All the necessary Um, stuff for us women. (laughs) Yes. All the important things. And I think that that's, I think that's huge because you're aging really it it slows down like I'd say that's one of the big things I've noticed yeah. is just I don't look my age my skin looks really good I think things just like kind of clear up mm-hmm. um so that part of it and then just like not getting sick very often at all or if you do catch a cold you you know you fight them off a lot more quickly yeah. than I did before I ate plant-based um and I would say, like, some womanly things, um, <laughs> just, like, no, like, UTIs. Um, 
stop it really I, yeah mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah I love that <laughs> yeah a lot of people like it, it's little things that like when you're you know when I was in like my early 20s those were just things that like happened all the time yeah. and you're just kind of like whatever but yeah. then I've noticed like the longer and longer I've been doing this like wow you know I don't ever experience this anymore or um I have endometriosis and Mm -hmm. before I was plant-based every month I would have like pain from it and then now I never do yeah so it definitely helps to affect a lot of other things that are going on that we kind of accept as just common mm -hmm, ailments and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. what's the easiest first step you recommend somebody take to start becoming more plant-based okay so I recommend definitely starting small don't go crazy like I did um and what I recommend is switching like one meal to being plant-based first so let's say it's breakfast and you're used to eating eggs every single day for breakfast and Mm -hmm. you're just like how can I ever give up my eggs um so basically start trying to find some plant-based breakfast that you really enjoy and once you've kind of remove the animal products from your breakfast and you're really loving your new kind of plant-based breakfast options so maybe you're doing like chia pudding or a really filling smoothie or avocado toast or something Mm -hmm. so you've kind of found your groove then you know you've got your breakfast down pat and then I would move on to like lunch and introducing like plant-based lunches Mm -hmm. and kind of like go from like breakfast to lunch and then to dinner so it can definitely take you know a few months to achieve for sure yeah but how can I think what a lot of people get wrong is like they worry so much about losing like muscle gains from the gym and stuff how can Mm -hmm. somebody make sure they're getting enough protein to not only like sustain muscle mass but grow muscle while they're eating plant-based Mm-hmm. So protein is a big one. People yeah. <laughs> ask about a lot. Yeah, right. Um, it's crazy. Like I feel like that's like the number one. It question is that like people... the number one concern. <laughs> it's like, what if I lose mm-hmm. my butt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can definitely say I have not lost my butt. Yes, um, but you girl. do. You still need to do squats. One hundred percent. Yeah, you still got to work at it. You know, because I think too, like you can get really lean from mm-hmm. eating only plants yeah. and that's great but then you don't want like a saggy butt right, so you still right. got to do the the workouts you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so the thing I would say about that is there's kind of a lot of myths around like how much protein we actually need mm-hmm. um so the average woman they say only needs about 46 grams of protein and you can get your protein intake from just eating plants so for instance, you can get from lentils like almost half of that. Oh. So in one cup of lentils, you can get 18 grams of protein. Now, it doesn't have all of the same amino acids, okay. but one of the things that I wanted to mention, because, you know, I love to talk about studies and mm-hmm. research and everything, yes, I love that. Um, is that basically whenever animal protein is cooked, and you see it kind of turn from like pink to brown, uh-huh. a lot of the amino acids are actually damaged and you you may only be getting or absorbing about 50% of the protein that you think you are. Oh my God. Yeah. So a you lie. think you're eating my like- My whole life has been a lie. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. 
but it's gosh. like you think you're getting all this protein from mm-hmm. what you're eating, but actually you're really only absorbing like half of that anyways. And then mm. the the flip side I like to just, you know, talk about with people is that you might be getting the protein from it and the amino acids, but you're also getting like the fat. And yeah. if it's industrial raised, you know, you might be getting antibiotics mm-hmm. and hormones. Um, so essentially just because it's like a lean piece of beef or something like that doesn't mean it equals clean protein. Um, yeah. So so there's a lot of like plant-based sources that you can get your protein from too. A lot of like nuts and seeds, like chia seeds, hemp mm-hmm. seeds, um, spinach, quinoa. Quinoa is actually um, a full protein with the amino acids so quinoa is a really good one okay amazing putting that on Mm -hmm. the list because I mean (laughs) I'm really interested this year I just turned uh 28 this past weekend and I'm like Mm -hmm. happy birthday thank you I'm like I'm going to start to switch over like no more beef and chicken I'm a pescatarian as I would like to call it right now but I do want to Mm -hmm. transition eventually into plant-based yeah. yeah. And I think it's those small steps, like yeah. as long, it takes time. Like I think just giving ourselves the grace yeah. to get there when we get there. And yeah. like sometimes you might be somewhere and you eat whatever because you're like at your aunt's house or something. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. And, it, and that's okay. Like I think, you know, being plant-based, you don't have to be perfect all the time. Okay. I was just going to ask you, how do you deal with a slip up? Like how do you recover from that? Well, Do you slip up? yes. I mean, as time goes by, I definitely, you know, my slip ups are fewer and far between mm-hmm. and they usually involve um, maybe like seafood, like to your point yeah. um, about being pescatarian. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I live in Florida. We have fresh fish a yeah, lot because, you know, seafood. we have. Mm-hmm. So I think just by shifting your mindset to a place of that's why I kind of came up with plant-based not perfect because I think we're all so all or nothing and we can all be so strict and like hard on ourselves and we want to fit into these labels like Mm -hmm. I'm you know vegan or I'm keto and I think it's just like you're you're setting yourself up for stress and for potential failure so for me now that I'm just like plant-based not perfect it's kind of like if I go to an event and there's soup and there's milk in it like Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna freak out about it and I think that's the mind like you have to shift your mentality to kind of get to that place where it's not about a label you know do what you can the majority of the time yeah um and then the rest of the time it's just you know it's more about what you do the majority than what you do that small percentage so yeah yeah to your point when you talk about going to parties and stuff i feel like once people hear plant-based they assume like Mm -hmm. the only thing you drink are green juices so it's like how do you incorporate little vices like desserts and maybe alcohol and incorporate them into this way of eating i just try to find plant-based replacements for things that i love so if you know you really love chocolate you know make sure you find a really high quality chocolate that's vegan it doesn't have milk in it and there's so many nowadays on the market that I think those replacements and not being too hard on yourself about when you want to have them um one thing I like to make a lot is these date bites and they're kind of like 
Yeah, they're like my guilty pleasure if I do want something sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're pretty healthy. So you said you like dates. So <laughs> I they're like dates. one of the best snacks. So you take pitted medjool dates, you mm-hmm. stuff them with a nut butter of your choice, you sprinkle them with sea salt, and then you freeze them. Oh my and God. They're so good. <laughs> I've never had frozen dates, actually. I will have to try that. Oh my gosh, you have to try it. My yeah. husband's like absolutely obsessed with them. Oh my and, God. Uh, and they're yeah. so easy. Yeah, they're so easy. I love like, I don't really enjoy cooking anything extravagant. Mm-hmm. I like very few ingredients, like things you can kind of just throw together. I don't really like complicated recipes mm-hmm. um, or having to buy like strange ingredients you don't normally need or anything like that. So I try to come up with really simple things you can do and another one is like banana and ice cream which is just frozen bananas yeah. blended with water <laughs> your taste buds change with time yeah. they really do so i don't really crave as much sweets anymore as mm-hmm. i did like seven years ago <laughs> yeah 100 percent. and then um for like alcohol you know the more that i've gotten into health and wellness mm-hmm. just not naturally kind of like the less I drink honestly Mm -hmm. exactly you've just naturally cut down you don't miss you don't miss the drinking or the meat at all how has that been yeah I don't miss meat at all that's not hard for me what's hard for me is cheese cheese is like really difficult (laughs) for me because I really like more like salty type things I'm more of like a a chip person than a chocolate person person you know but um, I just, you know, if I'm in a situation and I have it, I just will have it and enjoy it. And mm-hmm. then I just don't beat myself up over it. Yeah. And I think, cause it's like, I've been doing this so long that for me, I'm probably like 90% whole food plant-based mm-hmm. and then t- 10% are like, if I'm at an event or if I'm at a family, you know, holiday party or something and there's like a cheese platter like yes I might have a piece of cheese (laughs) um so I think just you know allowing yourself those times Mm -hmm. and just not trying to be too strict and then the thing that I will say about alcohol so this is something I wanted to mention is just one of the big studies that's been done is um on this place called the blue zones Mm -hmm. have you heard of it no is it is it a study or a documentary? Yeah, or? so it's a book. Okay. Um, and Dan Butner is the author, and he was like a National Geographic explorer, and he went to all of these regions around the world who have the longest living people, and they basically took all the data and tried to figure out what it was that these people all had in common, like why they were living so long. So. Mm-hmm. One of them is in Sardinia, and then another one is in Japan, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, you know, when they looked at everything that they were doing, they do drink alcohol, but it's in moderation. So it's like maybe one to two glasses of wine. And (laughs) um, so I think, you know, a lot of it, the reason that they're living such long lives in these places is because their sense of community and because when they're drinking wine, they're with people and they're Mm. having a good time. So I think there's something to be said for that. Um, 
because those are the people who are living the longest and right. they don't have the diseases that we have in the U.S. Yeah, so. like cirrhosis or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they don't have, like, cancer. They yeah. don't have autism. They don't have, like, a lot of... They don't have multiple sclerosis. They yeah. don't have any of the things that are, like, common to us. Those yeah. just don't happen there. And a large part of it's their diet, but... Um, so I kind of always go back to the blue zones. It's like, well, do they eat meat? Yes, but mm-hmm. it's very small portions and it's not in an industrial factory, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think it's just keeping that in mind and living like an 80-20 lifestyle. So if you feel like a glass of wine, have a glass of wine. Right, <laughs> right. I think moderation is something that gets so lost in our diet culture because everything has been really like all or nothing, very extra And that's the mentality Mm -hmm. that we're not born with. I think that when we start to absorb these different information and hear about these different diets, fad diets that have you cutting out everything, it's all a food group, um, it becomes a very extra mentality that we're like, okay, this is good and this is bad and there's no in-between. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's what feeds a lot of disordered Mm -hmm. eating. Yeah, 100%. And I see that a lot. Like, I get a lot of questions um, on Instagram, and I think people are falling into that trap of, like, these are clean foods, these Mm. are bad foods, Mm -hmm. and you start, like, you start getting so strict that you're not living your life. Yeah. Uh, It's actually a term for it. I think it's orthorexia, where clean eating actually becomes, like, a disorder, yeah. 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 Um, and that's become like much more prevalent. And I've seen a lot of people who are vegan. And if you dive into their story, a lot of them used to have an eating disorder. Yeah. So I definitely think it can go, unfortunately, hand in hand mm-hmm. because it's another way of controlling what you're eating. Um, and that's why I think just getting away from the strict labels is just a healthier approach. Just making sure you're incorporating more plants in as much as possible, but not trying to be too strict about it. Yeah. And just being like very forgiving of yourself if you do slip up and don't even call it a slip up. Just, you know, I think once once you put a label on it, like, oh, like I messed up or like that was like a little bit of like a cheat day or whatever, you tend to like spiral. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. I mean, I think it's just like now it's such a small part of my lifestyle Mm -hmm. that if I do have a time where maybe I eat like a piece of pizza and there's cheese on it, um, I definitely just don't freak out because it's like a blip on my radar. Right. It didn't even, I always tell my husband, it's like, that didn't even happen. Like it doesn't even matter. (laughs) You didn't see that. I didn't even see that. It didn't even happen. It's like, bloop. Um, As somebody who is now a resource for this lifestyle, what do you see the media getting wrong? Like, for example, you know, documentaries on maybe food and agriculture. Do you feel like they do a good job portraying plant-based way of eating and lifestyle and veganism? That's a great question. I think it kind of ties into what we were just talking about Mm -hmm. and I'm really happy because there's so many resources out there now, but I think it's human nature to want to put ourselves in these boxes and Mm -hmm. labels. And I'd say the documentaries, you know, they're kind of promoting that there's only one way to eat. 
um, you know, this is good and this is bad, like we were discussing. And so that's my only thought on how it's being portrayed because you think of like some of the newer documentaries that you watch it and they present all the data and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, truth there and then people get like gung-ho about it and then they fall into the trap of like, okay, well, I have to be vegan because there's only one way. And like I was saying about the blue zones, I think if you actually look at the research and you really look at the people who are living disease-free, again, coming at it from a health standpoint of eating plant-based, not a weight loss standpoint coming, you know, wanting to be vegan just to be skinny, um, then I think, you know, that that's the only thing I see sometimes is like you start going down the path, you're watching all the certain documentaries, so then you feel like there's only one way of being and one way mm-hmm. of eating, and then you buy all the products, like people who get really into being keto. It's like, okay, well, now I've got my keto coffee and I've got my keto this and that. And like, it's just, it's just too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, like you said, even though there's a lot of truth there, the way they present it, it's like, it's very biased towards one side. And not to Mm -hmm. say that it's not factual and it's not based on truth, But once you hear um, information that is geared towards one end of the argument for about an hour, and it's just all the arguments for this one side, yes, of course, you're going to be inclined to agree with it, you know? Yeah, and I think that's one of the big things I've been trying to do with my podcast is I present all the evidence Mm -hmm. and like I did one on seafood for instance and I was like okay is seafood inherently bad for us like are there studies that show it does the same thing in our bodies as uh, red meat and it doesn't and that's the outcome so like I'm not trying to promote and push something and say well don't eat any animal products whatsoever because the science isn't there to support that. So I think if you can get something that's un, you know, unbiased as possible, mm-hmm. which like obviously I'm all for eating as many plants as possible, but if the research isn't there, um, I just don't think that you can say it. So like you're saying, if there's a documentary that the whole entire hour and a half is just all the negative things, yeah. but they're not really showing you the other side too. So yes. I really try to show both both arguments when I'm presenting like the information (laughs) which is amazing which is amazing and I love that you base so much of your information that you give to people on studies and science because Mm -hmm. if you do it just based off of like um things that you find online it's like those things change every day yeah yeah no exactly I think it's really important to have the research to be able to back everything up. And I'm just a nerd like that. Like we talked about, <laughs> I, I love learning and I love reading and mm-hmm. finding the connections and sharing that with other people. So for me, the studies are just, you know, so crucial yeah. to, it's almost like I'm in court and I'm presenting the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Your honor. <laughs> Your honor. I object to this diet. <laughs> Our plant-based um, Reese Witherspoon. Yes, I love L Woods. I love L Woods. Our plant-based L Woods. Yes, girl. Exactly. Thank you. I'll take yes. it. Yes. <laughs> okay, before we wrap the show, 
we do mm-hmm. a segment every week it's called weekly weakness it's all about your favorite thing of the moment so it could be like your favorite food your favorite um grocery product right now your favorite tv show a book anything at all what is yours i have really been liking the combo i've been doing like a bagel that's made out of millet so it's gluten free okay and then you toast it and you do like a vegan cream cheese on it with capers and tomatoes i like salty things so that's definitely my (laughs) my weakness um of the moment and then for a show i did want to mention have you seen that new down to earth with zach efron on netflix no but is it good I think it's really interesting. He actually has an episode that's all about Sardinia and the Blue Zones and the people there living really long. So I think he's giving like a nice approach to what we were saying earlier of he travels around the world and like what people are doing there for living healthy lives. So that's something I watched like every episode of and I thought it was really well done. Okay. I'm going to definitely check check that that out. Yeah. Can you please tell our listeners where they can find you, your blog, and your podcast? Yes. So you can find me at Hot Healthy on Instagram. And then my blog is hotandhealthy.com. And it's hot, like H-A-U-T-E. Yes, like hot couture. (laughs) Yes, like hot couture. And then um, my podcast is Plant Based Not Perfect. And I am everywhere that you can listen to a podcast. So the Apple podcast and Spotify and Google Play. Amazing. Thank you so much, girl, for coming on and talking yes, to me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And if you have any questions about going plant-based, feel free to pick my brain. Yes. Thank <laughs> you so much. I hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Elizabeth Coe. If you guys enjoyed this episode or any other previous episodes, please go ahead and give me five stars on iTunes. If you guys leave a review, you can ask me whatever question you want and I'll answer it on the show. Okay, you guys have a wonderful weekend and I will catch you next Friday. Bye.